expressed by the guests and telephone participants do not Welcome necessarily express the views Auburn's of the management, medical radio staff, show with host Dr. Mark Vaughn of the Auburn Medical Group and Larry Finney. We are on. This is Medically Welcome Speaking Radio. Welcome to Speaking Radio. This is Dr. Mark Vaughn, your host. And this is also, boy, there's two of me, me talking. Larry Finney, That's his faithful cool. sidekick. Wow. We're coming to you pre-recorded this week because our guest was really? able to... Are we pre-recorded? Um, oh, Mike's helping us here. Okay, it's, it's not true. Okay, that, that was just a rumor. So, Mike, we actually are live this week. We're, we are here. He's nodding. He said, <laughs> look through the glass here. Are we, are <laughs> are, we physically are we over here? here? Are we present? Or is this a separate reality? Have you, have you seen Inception yet? Or, you know, like, are we, are we dreaming? Or is this somebody else's idea of a, uh, of reality? No, I believe we're live and in living color. So, okay. right. you know, color's right. real good. That Do, means we're relatively healthy. Okay. Does everybody have their totem? Yes, I've got my totem with me. <laughs> I so, got your totem right so here. You no, know if we're awake right. or not. I got a totem. It, oh, it's a, yes, it's we a, do. It's a, it's a gift card to uh, Beach Hut Deli. That's the, we're going to give this away to a, uh, a lucky caller or several. You can enter our our uh, drawing for this by being a caller to the show um, at 885-3565 or 1-800-950-5244. Throughout the course of the day, at the end of the uh, hour, we will select the winner of this fabulous gift card to Beach Hut Deli. Uh, and who's our guest today, Dr. Vaughn? We have Dr. Jose Miranda, who is a pulmonologist in Auburn. He has been on our show before. It was two or three weeks ago when we spoke about sleep studies. And that one was pre-recorded. And sleep apnea. That but one was pre-recorded. But we're live, and we promise not to put you to sleep. And we're we're also live on the video right we now. We are. Yeah, it's going. Yeah. Uh, do we have any actual viewers? Are, are there people whose lives are so bereft of excitement that... That's uh, quick. Let me see. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's at least one already. Wow. That they would actually one watch, already. watch radio on the they're, video. They're watching, we should wave Fabulous. to them. Wave to them, Dr. Moran. There we can see you there. <laughs> wow. Um, early in the show, I wanted to get a name out, and that's Miguel and Loomis, because he has not yet called into our show, even though he calls into Garden Grew almost every week. So, really? Mike, you also could win the Beach Hut Deli card if uh, if you call in. We, we've got somebody calling. It looks like someone named David is calling. Oh, well, let's go ahead and start the show with a caller. And uh, David? Yes. Where are you calling from? Uh, the car. Okay. The car. All right. Outstanding. <laughs> That's our first call from there. Are you using a hands-free device? We hope. Oh, yeah. well, I'm a passenger, so I'm okay. Oh, okay. Oh, well done. Well, we're we're early on in the in the show, but uh, do you have a question for either? Uh, we haven't even actually introduced Dr. Miranda as as to, voice-wise, or, or or a question for Dr. Vaughn. As long as we've got you here. No, sir, I do not. I just wanted to get the, uh, myself <laughs> just, Okay. You want to be first in line. He's hungry. Sorry. Okay, so also, you're hungry today. All right, also, so. Uh, I'm uh, the owner of A-Town Deli, and uh, I'll give away a free lunch, too. Wow. Okay, can you get that uh, certificate down to us before the end of the show so we can give that away? It's on the way. Okay. Outstanding. We'll do so that. So we have one for Beach Hut Ooh. Deli and one for A-Town Deli. Two to be I'm given away. I'll eat at his place. He can eat at mine. Okay. <laughs> you, guys, you guys can, uh, yeah, your people can call his people. You'll do lunch, right? Yeah. Who do I make it up to? K-High? Yeah. K-High, and then uh, we'll give it, uh, K-High will give it to the winner, uh, whoever we select at the end, end of the show. Of the day, so. so now there's going to be two great. winners. Right, yeah. Thank you much. Uh, bring your, uh, bring your uh, information with you. We can plug your uh, place right. while we're, during the course of the show. Appreciate it. All thank right. you, David. Thank David you from the A-Town Deli. Thank you. See, that's how easy it is. This is radio. Yeah. This is small town radio, and we love it. Okay, A town. Here we go. So, uh, in medical news, well, 
this this bit of medical news actually is uh, right on point for our guest today. This comes from the uh, website Red Orbit. Very handy. Uh, it's like a science website, but they have a section. Uh, you like that one? I, mean, I do like Red Orbit. Anyway, the, the headline is, Seven Hours of Sleep is Best for Heart Health. According to a study published in the August 1st edition of the scientific journal Sleep, there's actually a scientific journal named Sleep. I'm trying to picture what's on the cover. Who's? I never make it through that one. That's right. Yeah, you start reading it. You, your eyes start getting heavy anyway. Anyway, there's a couple of doctors whose names are unpronounceable at uh, West Virginia University School of Medicine. They determined that seven hours of sleep is the optimal amount that's optimal amount for heart health, according to the study released uh, recently. They analyzed data from more than 30,000 adults who participated in a 2005 national health interview survey and discovered that those who slept five total hours per day, including naps, had more than twice the risk of suffering from angina, coronary heart disease, heart attack, or stroke than those who slept a total of seven hours each day. And again, we come back to what was your risk initially, but, you know, that that is, that is left unanswered. Yeah, which came first? Now, if if uh, too little is bad for you, what about more than seven? Well, no, here's the answer. Those who slept nine or more hours each day also had an elevated risk of cardiovascular disease. They were one and a half times more susceptible, according to the report. Um, so... Here's here's what they said. They, they they couldn't figure out causality. They couldn't. In other words, is is there a truly a connection between the two directly? But they did point out that sleep duration, that's how long you're sleeping, affects endocrine and metabolic functions. Deprivation can lead to impaired glucose tolerance, reduced insulin sensitivity, and elevated blood pressure, all of which increase the risk of hardening of the arteries. I th- I think I have the causality part though. When they're awake. You know, when they're, they're sleeping less time. It's what are these people doing when they're awake? Math. They're doing math. <laughs> they're, they're, they're playing Call of Duty on, uh, online. You uh-huh. know, they're getting their elevated. They're, they're playing. With a monster and a Red Bull. And a- yeah, right. Drinking Red Bulls and so forth and so on. But, but since we have Dr. Miranda here, maybe he'd like to comment on the article uh, on this sleep deprivation. We were talking a little bit offline beforehand. Uh, I'll... Uh, you know, is, is is seven hours optimal according to what you know? Well, uh, the literature out there has pointed out that uh, between seven to eight hours uh, is optimal. And uh, the studies that show that the uh, patients who sleep less or more are at risk have to do with, well, what is causing the disturbance in their sleep? Why are they ending up with less hours? Uh, aside from your personal lifestyle choices and bad uh, sleep habits, uh, we recognize that the reason why, at least in those individuals who sleep less than the uh, allotted normal range that we should be acquiring, are sleeping less because of some underlying uh, disruption in their sleep. And we, rec- we, rec- we recognize that sleep is an essential critical aspect of our health. We, we have to sleep. It's that time of the night when we are actually uh, uh, performing biological functions that don't take place during the daytime. And that's why uh, they allude to the endocrine and uh, regulatory dysfunction that, that occurs when the sleep is not achieved because, you know, our, our body stays alive 24-7. But uh, theoretically, we don't have enough resource or energy to to perform all the functions we need to do to stay alive. So uh, like any other business, the body uh, has a day shift and a night shift in terms of hmm. things that happen during the day so this is that don't happen at night. And that so night, these things need to occur. But if you're not sleeping, then you're, you're going to lose those, uh, those uh, abilities. So if we were uh, a giant Kmart, this is <laughs> if, if the body were a Kmart, 
aside to having blue light specials and so forth once in a while, you get you got to have the occasional blue light special. Um, the night shift is is restocking the shelves. That's and, right. And that's right. That's, that's the analogy. Getting, yeah, we're we're getting ready. That's to the go analogy the I'm getting day. to. Yeah. Okay. okay. That's what he meant. So that, I mean, I, we have to bring it down to to. To the, to, the, to the Kmart level to totally understand what's going on here. Okay. Uh, also, we want to let people know that they can continue the conversation that we have on Medically Speaking Radio by becoming a, uh, not a friend or a fan, what do they call it? You like us. Like us on Facebook. It's just called Medically Speaking Radio. You can also, like I said before, watch the uh, video if you want to get to the website, medicallyspeakingradio.com, and click on video. You can see us. Mike's ready for it. We'll have to turn the camera over to him so you can see his mustache. And, uh, actually, the, the lens isn't wide enough to get the whole mustache in. <laughs> and then we also have the podcast on iTunes, which I need to make a little note here. If you tried to download last week's uh, podcast, that would be for, what was the date? end of july 31st the july 31st podcast wasn't working for the first half of the week it is working now so if you missed out on that you can download it now and we'd like to go ahead and jump right into our disclaimer and then we'll have our first break and when we get back we'll continue the conversation with dr joe miranda about sleep and also other issues related to pulmonary health and we want to put out the phone number again if you want to call and talk to us either about a a question for dr miranda or a general medical question the number is 885 Three five six five again. That's eight eight five three five six five. The content of this website and the Medically Speaking Radio Show are meant for entertainment and for general information purposes. No doctor-patient relationship is attempted or implied through the show or the website. Any medical advice, home remedies, and all other medical information on this website or radio show should not be treated as a substitute for the medical advice of your own doctor. Do not attempt any treatment mentioned on the website or the show without consulting your doctor. Always consult your own doctor if you are in any way concerned about your health. If you need a doctor and live near Placer County, call Jen at 530-886-8630. If you have a medical emergency, call 911. Medically Speaking Radio, Dr. Mark Vaughn, Auburn Medical Group, KHI Radio, and or our sponsors are not responsible for any diagnosis or treatment made by anyone based on any of the content of this website or the Medically Speaking Radio Show. In addition, the views and opinions expressed on the show or on linked websites are not necessarily those of Dr. Mark Vaughn, KHI Radio, the Auburn Medical Group Incorporated, or any of the show sponsors. Few things in life are harder than thinking about serious illness or the death of someone you love. Research confirms that Americans want the basic services that hospice provides. Care at home or in a home-like setting. Treatment that preserves a sense of dignity and respect. Emotional and spiritual support for patients and for their families and effective pain management. Hospice helps patients and their families deal with end-of-life challenges in a life-affirming, compassionate way that brings dignity, hope, and love to every day of life. This message of love and caring is the focus of hospice care. This message is brought to you by Sutter Auburn Faith Hospice. We can be reached at 886-6650 or click on the link for Sutter Auburn Faith Hospice on the Medically Speaking Radio website. 
Larry, have you ever been to Auburn Drug Company? Yeah, that's the one with the marble soda fountain at 815 Lincoln Way. Yeah, right there in front they have the marble fountain. And in back is an independently owned pharmacy right here in Auburn. And that thing has been around for a long time. Since the 1800s. They are so great because they actually fill your prescriptions when you ask them to, unlike the chain drug stores that make you wait. You know, and waiting there wouldn't be a big crime because, heck, you could always go to the soda fountain. That's Auburn Drug Company at 815 Lincoln Way in downtown Auburn. Give them a call at 885-6524. Now, back to Medically Speaking with Dr. Mark Vaughn and Larry Finney. We are back from the break. This is Medically Speaking Radio with Dr. Mark Vaughn and Larry Finney and Dr. Jose Miranda of Pulmonology. I guess, do you have a group name or is it just well, Southern Medical the, Group? Well, Southern Auburn uh, Medical Group uh, Pulmonology Ooh. Section. Okay. I'm their uh, pulmonologist and sleep specialist. And we just found out over the break that in addition to your fellowship in pulmonary medicine, you also have? I'm also a board-certified sleep specialist uh, okay. and uh, trained uh, in both. And so that, being board-certified in sleep, uh, covers all of sleep all disorders? All aspects of uh, sleep disorders and sleep medicine in general. And it's a, it's a new specialty that's evolved over the last uh, 20 years, and uh, more recognized now is actually a, a, a more in, uh, esoteric and, and, and uh, complex field that encompasses all of the you know, fields of medicine. It encompasses pediatrics, neurology, and psychology as well. And we had talked about the uh, sleep apnea, which is what I had thought would be about the uh, entirety of your uh, work in uh, sleep medicine. But there's all sorts of other areas of sleep medicine that were included in your training and and in your practice now. Yes, Mark. There's actually 88 disorders, uh, at least recognized diagnostic disorders, in in sleep uh, uh, medicine. And uh, sleep apnea maybe is about... 20% 20% of it. Uh, there's a lot of other uh, more common afflictions that people in, in the general public uh, experience, like insomnias. Meaning like there's somewhere in the range of 12 to 20 different subtypes of sleep apnea? Oh, no, no. Sleep apnea, or what we call sleep disorder breathing, is compo- uh, comprises about 20 to 25% of all the other sleep disorder diagnoses. You have insomnias, you have uh, movement disorders that occur during sleep that disrupt sleep. Uh, sleepwalking is a type of a disorder. Um, you know, these other entities exist, and insomnias are probably more common among the general public because everyone's got some sort of sleep issue. Yeah, is, uh, is the you, you don't have to be having a disordered breathing problem when you're asleep. Is it, when you, you said movement disorder, would that be things like restless legs? Syndrome, yes, restless legs, uh, periodic limb movement yeah. disorders. There is a condition uh, you know, uh, that's uh, quite uh, interesting. It's called REM behavioral disorder, where uh, uh, individuals act out uh, their dreams in uh, REM stage sleep. And that's the fourth stage of sleep when we do our heaviest dreaming. And uh, basically these individuals will kick or punch or lash out, acting out their dreams. And their bedmates can actually get injured. Yes, that's right, or they injure themselves. Uh, some people have uh, resorted to drastic measures without being evaluated by a physician, and they've maybe uh, strapped themselves to their bed. Uh, you know, I've got all sorts of devices to keep them from getting out of bed and, and hurting themselves, but, you know, these are very constraining and, and probably more uh, more hurtful as it I, is. I believe the case that I've worked with, uh, the patient would actually be up and uh, standing and, and being violent. Yes, that's true, that's true. And they're usually quite physical in this condition. Yes. Well, isn't that like sleepwalking? I mean, what I think of sleepwalking, uh, well, the person's ambulatory, moving around, maybe even performing some menial chore, um, and, and, and you can talk to them, but they're not quite lucid. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, sleepwalking uh, actually is more attributable to non-REM 
stages of sleep. And uh, in reality, we dream in all the stages of sleep, uh, but uh, rapid eye movement sleep, or REM as we call it, is when we do our heaviest and most intense dreaming. And this condition called REM uh, behavioral disorder is uh, uh, more characterized by more violent physical activity and hurtful activity. And it's actually a sign of a neurodegenerative disorder that evolves over time. Uh, the studies have shown that people who have this condition might, in perhaps 20, 20 years or less, start showing manifestations of Parkinsonism. Hmm. So Parkinson's disease sometimes can be uh, heralded or preceded by REM behavioral disorder. And this REM behavioral disorder can hit in the 20s. Yeah. They, as far uh, as the age of onset. Yeah, they, they can. It all depends if it's an underlying neurodegenerative disorder. Uh, a very complicated word that we call synucleopathies, where there's a degeneration in uh, the, uh, the brain's uh, neural network. Because technically, when we're in REM stage sleep, we are not supposed to move. Our brain uh, uh, has a failsafe where it disconnects all motor control. But now when you're acting out, that motor control has somehow, that disconnect, that switch did not get turned off. And that basically means it's a degenerative control mechanism hmm. that's, that's not functioning appropriately. And patients who have sleep apnea can do this. I want to remind our listeners who want to call in and join the conversation, uh, you can give us a call at 885-3565 or 1-800-950-5244. Uh, your call will also uh, enter you into a chance to win a, a Sandwich or, or a gift, gift certificate, I should say. You can buy whatever you want with a gift certificate from uh, Beach Hut Deli. And uh, and hopefully, and hof- and hopefully uh, David from A-Town Deli is coming through with one. So it's, it'll, it'll be a battle of the delis. Okay. Mike, Mike's making adjustments for us here. So uh, that re- Let me get the name right. REM? Behavioral disorder. REM behavioral disorder, uh, the, the case that I'm thinking of. The patient would actually have this um, wild look in their eyes as they were physically attacking their spouse. And, uh, you know, this, if it's not diagnosed correctly, can really lead to some misunderstandings. Oh, and, sure, uh, sure. And, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the condition itself has been used in some uh, uh, cases. Uh, there's, a, there's actually such a field as forensic sleep medicine where there are some specialists out there who are called to testify uh, in front of juries about uh, individuals who claim, well, you know, I was unconscious, I actually, uh, you know, attacked this person uh, because I was asleep, and I didn't know I was doing it. Mm-hmm. And there's some nuances to what, you know, what is being you know, told by the individual and what's really true and what's not true. Yeah, I, I, when you were going through that whole thing, I was thinking to myself, this is a defense attorney's dream. Yeah. I, my client, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, my client was asleep, and he had no idea. Oh, now you sound like Max Beeman. No, well, Max, Max Beeman, he doesn't do that kind of work. He does. He specializes in frivolous lawsuits. But oh, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll we'll hear from him <laughs> later. Yeah. Uh, what, what is there that's related to other REM disorders, or, or are there other REM disorders? Uh, that's that's perhaps the most prominent one because you know in REM we are not supposed to be mobile. We're practically paralyzed during REM stage sleep, and that's a function. That's a normal uh, mechanism that occurs. And some of us might uh, might recall in the past we've awoken in the midst of a heavy dream and we find ourselves unable to move until we finally break through. That's sleep paralysis, which basically means you are actually, you know, for whatever reason, you woke up in the middle of that REM stage when you are paralyzed and it took a while for your for your motor systems to come under control again. Is but it's, it's, not, it's, it's normal. Is that why we have these dreams where something's pursuing us, but we can't run away? I mean, that's, it's kind of a common mm-hmm. theme with me that, you know, there's something chasing me, but my feet won't seem to be, move. 
Uh, no, the dream, the dream, the dream content itself is different. But if you're trying to actually awaken from that dream, you want to move and awaken from that dream. You'll find it's like you're almost like can't move because you are still in a par- uh, paralyzed state. What about uh, dream medicine? Is there uh, any? Well, there, there's a lot of controversy a- about uh, dream content, whether it has any meaning. And you know, you can go back. Uh, to antiquity, you know, look at all the cultures who talk about dreams and the meanings of dreams and a lot of cultures who, uh, who dictated their life based on what they would dream the night before. And, you know, the current consensus is we're not quite sure. Uh, we think dreams are basically your brain's, uh, just processing of information during the uh, stages of sleep, uh, that really have no meaning. It's just random information. It's like when you're trying to, when you're watching your, your computer and you're trying to defragment the hard drive, and you see all this weird activity going on on the on the uh, on the screen. That's basically you know what we suspect is just going on. It's just random processing, and it's it's drawing upon information that it's seen and some uh, that you saw during your waking state, and just trying to you know just going through the process. But it, it may not have any meaning. It, now the sleep terrors that is a disorder in young children is that related to dreaming? Uh, yeah, sleep. Well, sleep terrors actually occur in non-REM sleep, and again, we we're looking at stages of sleep, uh, at least from an electroencephalogram. Uh, that's how we characterize a, a person's stage of sleep. We look at their EEG, as we call it, when they're asleep, and say, well, this is stage one, this is stage two. And, and how is an EEG done? Well, the EEG done is uh, basically you have electrodes, uh, you know, attached to your uh, to your scalp at various uh, critical points, and we map the brain activity. And there are characteristic brain waves that tell us you know, whether it's a type of seizure activity. Type of seizures are characterized by certain different waveforms. And again, uh, uh, stages of sleep are characterized by particular waveforms. And when uh, children are having uh, uh, sleep terrors, it's, it's a phenomenon where they wake up screaming uh, quite frightfully and they look very much uh, panicked and terrorized. But they go right back to sleep thereafter, but they have no recollection of it. And it is usually shown to be occurring during non-REM stage sleep. And we call REM, R-E-M, rapid eye movement sleep, because that's what we observe, and the eyes are actually moving, and that's how we characterize it on the EEG. We are dreaming in other stages of sleep, but it's during REM that we have the most uh, deepest and and profound dreaming going on. But we can't tell when someone's dreaming in non-REM. We have no way of knowing that. We don't know what your dream content is and and the nature of dream versus the dream you're having in, in REM stage. But sleep terrors are typically during non-REM, and nightmares are in REM. And so if a child has sleep terrors, the next morning when they awaken, they have no recollection about what happened. They don't recollect that they got up and screamed and yelled. But you know, they're, they're, you know, they eventually pass, they're benign, and we speculate whether they're associated with you know, just stress or some you know, traumatic things that go on on a day-to-day basis. But they, they, they do pass away, and they do pass on. In the area of sleep medicine, there have been some studies done that to hear... What the subjects went through sounds really, really cruel. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe some of them were done by the military. Uh, that would be interesting to let our listeners in on some of the, the well, you know, weird uh, things we've learned from, uh, I, I would use the word cruel, <laughs> types of Well, uh, you know, studies. I mean, uh, uh, sleep as a science, it's, it's been a very uh, curious field that people have been uh, uh, getting more into in the past uh, couple of decades. We have a lot more information and objective uh, data about what happens in sleep. But uh, as you're, you commented on the military, the military, the defense industry is very interested in sleep because uh, uh, optimally you want to keep your troops as awake as long as possible. And not only just awake, but awake and alert and being able to function at maximum capacity. So the defense industry does just fund research into technologies and particularly medications that, been, that can keep our troops awake 
for longer than the enemy can stay awake. Because certainly the best time to attack the enemy is when they're asleep. Mm. So is this why they issued amphetamines to uh, soldiers during uh, the Vietnam era? Uh, I wasn't aware of that, but if they did, yeah, that would make yeah. sense. And uh, yeah. there are some medications out there right now that are under research that are in clinical trials that actually uh, have a way of improving uh, wakefulness and, uh, and uh, maintaining a, an alert state. Now, what, what's going on when people talk in their sleep? I mean, I, I know of someone, it, it might even be my spouse, who <laughs> will sit up and utter something completely mm, absurd. You know, uh, like, uh, oh, no, I need to deliver the uh, uh, the dumplings to the, the, the mortuary uh, by noon. And, uh, you know, and I will say something and they'll respond. And, and we're having I wouldn't call it a conversation, really. Um, it's it's <laughs> where we're taking turns talking, but we're really not communicating. Well, what's going on there? Well, you, th- you think they're responding, but they, but they, may, they may not be. Uh, they, they're uttering uh, maybe nonsensical conversation, and, and, and you interject yourself, and you think you're becoming part of the conversation. And who's, who's Fred? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's the other part I want to know. <laughs> yeah, anyway. <laughs> I think there's somebody else you need to ask that question. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's go ahead and take a break here. When we get back, we'll continue the discussion of sleep medicine with Dr. Jose Miranda. And uh, we do have a uh, giveaway this week, possibly two, if David gets here with the A-Town Deli um, certificate or coupon. We have one from Beach Hut Deli already in our hands that we're going to give away to one of our callers this week. The number is 885 885- 3565. So if you have a question about sleep medicine or any medical question, go ahead and call at 885-3565. And uh, here's our break. Since 1966, Sutter Auburn Faith Hospital has been providing award-winning care to members of the community, to people just like you. The tradition of excellence continues today with our comprehensive family birth center, cancer services, 24-hour emergency care, and a whole range of outpatient services with convenient hours and locations to serve you. In addition, we've been recognized for excellence in managing heart attacks, heart failure, pneumonia, and surgical care. We are one of a select few hospitals in the state to earn recognition from VHA's West Coast region for sustained outstanding clinical performance. To learn more about Sutter Auburn Faith Hospital, visit us on the web at sutterauburnfaith.org slash medically speaking radio that's sutterauburnfaith.org slash medically speaking radio Sutter Health with you for life this is Dr. Mark Vaughn I want to tell you about my dentist Rodney Kihara his office is located right in town at High Street and Auburn Folsom Road his staff is pleasant they smile when you walk in and you know who they are because they're there every time we're talking about Flo Cheryl and Judy their pleasant faces welcome you into the office and let you know that you're in the right spot a comfortable place to go to the dentist call Dr. Kihara's office at 888-1966 that's 888-1966 the doctor would say don't stick anything in your ear Unless, of course, it's medically speaking. On K-High, the voice of the foothills. Now, back to medically speaking with Dr. Mark Vaughn and Larry Finney. Welcome back to Medically Speaking. I'm Larry Finney with Dr. Mark Vaughn and our guest, Dr. Jose Miranda. We're talking about sleep disorders today. And 
Well, for some of you younger listeners who may be out there, I have bad news. Uh, for your parents, good news. Um, school is about to start, start again, and, um, well, you youngsters have developed some pretty poor sleep habits over the summer, and, and if you're going to have yourself ready to, to pass all of those AP classes and so forth, you need to get the proper amount of sleep. And Dr. Miranda is here to tell us about, uh, what do we call it, sleep hygiene, good sleep habits. But first we need all the parents to go into your teens' rooms and wake them up because it's a Saturday morning <laughs> and that kid is still in bed. Okay, sleep Yeah, sleep hygiene refers to uh, pretty much sleep habits. Yes, good sleep and, habits. And wake habits. What are the basics of sleep hygiene? Well, uh, the basics of sleep hygiene is you, you want to uh, practice uh, a certain lifestyle or, or, or uh, as we can say, uh, exercise certain habits that allow you to sleep when you want to sleep and allow you to awake when you want to be awake and still having accumulated the amount of hours of sleep you require so you can function during the day. Now, uh, essentially what that means is I don't really care if you go to bed at 3 a.m. and you don't have to be up until about noon because that's when your day starts. That's okay. So your sleep habits need to allow you to sleep in a way that's that's uh, compatible with your lifestyle and your daytime obligations. Now, if you're going to bed at, at 1 a.m., but you have to be up at up and about by 6 a.m. and get to work, well, you're only accumulating five hours of sleep. That's if you fall asleep right away. And that leads to insufficient sleep, as we call it. And that is a diagnostic uh, code, that insufficient sleep disorder. So you're accumulating less than six hours of sleep. And it leads to daytime impairment. You can't stay awake. You're, you're trying to catch up with your sleep. You might do this all week. And then during the weekend, you try and catch up, but you never really catch up, and you're back in the same cycle. So good sleep hygiene is you know, having good, healthy habits and a sleep lifestyle that lets you sleep when you need to be asleep and awake in a proper time so you can take care of your day. You know, the study that we cited at the beginning of the show that seven hours is optimal for, for optimal heart health and, and everything else, does that apply to younger people as well? Do they, do they actually need more sleep than, do, do adolescents need more sleep than adults? Or are they just, is this just a lie they've been perpetuating over, over time so to give them an excuse to sleep in? Well, you bring up a good point, Larry. I mean, uh, children need to sleep, especially when they're much younger. When they get to adolescent stage, they might be able to sleep as much as adults. But it all depends on, on how much activity and simulation they had in the daytime that requires that they sleep more and, and uh, recharge and regenerate. But, you know, uh, children, toddlers, they need to be sleeping between 10 and 12 hours. Uh, and it's because, you know, that sleep time is a critical time when they're, you know, again, they're, they're performing bodily functions, hormonal regulation that allows them to grow and develop in a yeah, normal which is, fashion. Which is why you have to change their diapers when they wake up. That's what <laughs> <laughs> and this, this process of uh, decreasing need as you get older, sometimes there'll be elderly patients that are really uh, frustrated with not being able to get what they think they should be getting as far as number of hours of sleep. And maybe their body doesn't require that many. I, I have a number of patients who have no daytime sleepiness symptoms at all. They function fine, but they just get frustrated that they can't sleep at night. Yeah, we, we, well, in the field of sleep medicine, we recognize that our sleep architecture changes as we get older. And as we get older, there's uh, maybe less REM sleep, and maybe we start losing stage 3 sleep. Uh, but, yes, uh, our geriatric population does sleep a little less. And uh, we, we think that's the case, but it may have to do with other uh, problems that actually are preventing them from sleeping longer than they should. You know, if they're having chronic pain, a lot of other issues. And, of course, their medications mm -hmm. do affect their sleep architecture and quality. But, but barring chronic pain, et cetera, 
I think what I'm hearing here is that if the older population isn't sleeping as much as they have before, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It could be perfectly normal then. Yeah, it may, it may not be. And it all depends what that person's prior uh, sleep habits and, and sleep time used to be. You know, Which seems to go counter to the study that Larry was mentioning earlier where there's these optimum hours of sleep. There are some people who they just will not get that much sleep. You know, you, there's stories of the great people of history who supposedly lived off of Einstein. Yeah, four or six hours of sleep. And that was something Dr. Miranda and I were talking about just before the show about, uh, and I'm glad you recalled that for me, cumulative hours of sleep or cumulative sleep time during the day. And I was asking him, well, you know, if you took, as, as allegedly Einstein did, 15-minute naps throughout the course of the day, accumulating roughly seven hours, is that the same as sleeping seven contiguous hours at a stretch? Well, you know, the uh, the studies out there have shown that, yes, you don't have to have all your sleep in one large block. You can have them in chunks. But I don't know how, how adequate 15-minute 15 15 naps would be because, I, as I have stated perhaps in a, pre, or a prior pre-recorded show, you have to get all those stages of sleep, stage one through REM, as, a, uh, as an expected requisite of, of the course of sleep. And that, 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 that journey takes about 90 to 100 minutes. And we've shown that patients who don't get sufficient sleep do end up being stage three and REM deprived because you know the hours are just too short. They never get enough cycles of these. And as soon as they start trying to recover from that deficit, you know, say they slept, they pulled a couple 24-hour shifts, a couple days in a row, didn't sleep. As soon as they go to sleep, they immediately try and recover stage three sleep. They immediately go into stage three, followed later on by going into REM stage sleep much earlier and sooner than than it would be normally anticipated. And it is because those are requisite stages you need to have, and your body will try and make up those uh, those deficits right away. Yes, but yes, uh, I, it would seem so that you could have your sleep broken up in chunks, but it may not be conducive to to someone who's actively working and not in retirement. Yeah, that's something that's important also is the, uh, the good sleep hygiene environment. You, you had mentioned, I don't, I don't care if you go to sleep at you know, 3 in the morning if you don't have to get up until, until noon, but that's going to be a problem if the person wakes up as soon as the light comes in the room. That's true. So, morning. yeah, your good sleep so, environment is important. You have to have a comfortable bed, and if you're not sleeping alone, you, ne- you need to have a quiet bed partner. And, not snoring. And uh, not snoring. Sleep apnea. And I, yes, and I have a lot of uh, couples out there who the other partner is more disturbed by the other person's uh, disturbed uh, breathing when they're sleeping. Uh, you need to have, uh, of course, a quiet environment. And you certainly need to prepare for sleep. Uh, you need to get ready for sleep. You can't just be up and about and all of a sudden, okay, I'm going to sleep now, and expect that you'll fall asleep. If you've been stimulated or active, it's going to take you a while. You certainly don't want to go to bed when you're not sleepy, but you want to be able to time your cycle so you will be sleepy when, when their time comes. And you want to keep a regular schedule. It's important to be asleep at the same hour every night, get up at the same hour every morning, and minimize stimulation at night that might delay your your onset of sleep. Uh, our sleep is regulated by a circadian rhythm. Uh, there's a little center in our brain that actually responds particularly to light uh, stimulus as a primary driver of, of, uh, of that clock. And if you expose yourself to bright light, uh, you know, very late in the evening, um, or as we commonly do now, sit in front of that computer with light stimulation from that monitor, and you're actually you know actively engaged in some you know, the surfing of the web, that's going to keep you awake. And uh, very often people will look at the clock and they go, oh, my God, it's 2 a.m. I've been on the computer that long. I better go to sleep. Yeah. And it may take them a while to fall asleep because they're, they've been stimulated. So you should, you should be preparing for bed for perhaps an hour or so 
before bedtime, you know, letting your brain quiet down, not getting stimulated. Don't commit yourself to a to a movie on television that you have to finish in two hours. They'll go past your bedtime, and you certainly don't want to be, you know, exercising right before you go to bed. You're going to be awake. Yeah. Some some bodies recommend four hours of uh, time between end of exercise and sleep, or yeah, that that might be enough to, to let you know to let everything so, sort of calm down. Yeah. Uh, but certainly not not an hour or so before bedtime. It's going to no. keep you awake. And it's good to have rich, a ritual that tells your body, "I'm getting ready for sleep." That's right. Uh, you know, having good rituals and uh, like just getting just reading. getting into a cycle. It's almost like Pavlov's dog. As soon as you hear that bell. You, you salivate. Uh, that's what the dog does. Well, as soon as your head hits the pillow, you should automatically start falling off to, into sleep. And you don't want to do things in bed other than sleep because now you associate the bed with other activities other than sleep, and your brain will sort of uh, make like that association. Watching television or reading. Reading, working on your laptop. Yeah. Okay. Are there, uh, hang on a second, Mike's about to speak to us, I think. Now, there we go. We have uh, the certificates for. Ooh, this is uh, good for. Come over here. First of all, what's your name? Linda. Let me turn your mic on too. Go ahead, Linda. Yes. And Linda, you are. You are from uh, a town deli. Correct. Okay. Now each one of these, it says. It said lunch for two. Oh, gotcha. Okay, mm-hmm. lunch for two on each certificate, lunch you guys. Oh, each one is lunch each for two. Each one is lunch for two. Oh wow! I'll There's be meeting you. Here. I'll meet you down there in about oh, <laughs> 15, 20 minutes. Something yeah, there's like four that. of us here in the studio, the <laughs> not including Linda, of course. Well, Linda, thank you very much for bringing these over. We we ha- haven't had the drawing yet, so, so we'll see who wins the we'll, other. We'll do it at the end of the show. Right. Uh, all you have to do at the end of the drawing is call in with a question for Dr. Miranda or, or Dr. Vaughn, or, or even I'll, I'll, I'll interpret your dreams for you, 885-3565 <laughs> or 1-800-950-5244, and uh, enter yourself in a drawing to win uh, lunch for two at A-Town, A-Town Deli. Deli. Yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. So, thank you very much. Appreciate Th- Thank you, lot. Linda. Thank you, David. Thank you. Okay. We, we have uh, A-Town Deli. We also have... Uh, uh, enough for a sandwich at Beach Hut Deli. So call in so that you can be entered in the drawing. Uh, questions about sleep hygiene, uh, s- sleep study. And, uh, we, yeah, we can't take a break because Mike's on the... Uh, Mike's busy. Well, well, you know what, though? Um, we were talking about food, speaking all this, all this talk of food. Are there certain foods that you can eat, Dr. Miranda, that would enhance sleep? I mean, we know of the, those that you probably shouldn't be eating just before you're going to bed. If you're trying to prepare yourself for sleep, you shouldn't be jacking down a lot of caffeine. Obviously. No, certainly. You don't want to be having caffeine or tea uh, yeah. with caffeine. But are there, are there things that that uh, edibles or beverages that actually stimulate sleep yeah, beyond the obvious, like, you know? Well, I, I, now that you brought that up, nothing nothing that comes up. But I think a couple of weeks ago you mentioned uh, a study about uh, cranberries, or was it cherries? That had higher uh, melatonin content, uh, and I can't really speak to the to the I, substance know, of that study. But I hear apocryphal stories of, uh, say, turkey meat has tryptophan in it, or is it bananas, or I can't remember. Warm milk, warm milk supposedly has tryptophan in it. We'll put you to sleep, and then, you know, is this true? You or or is that just some sort of um, um, primitive ancient thing that you're you're putting yourself back into your, your infancy by drinking more milk and you go right to sleep i don't know well you know the, tri- the tryptophan issue just gets back down to biochemistry it's a it's a uh, uh, a, a component that uh, that when metabolized leads to some of the chemicals that actually help regulate sleep 
Okay. The uh, other principles of sleep hygiene, you talked about not doing things in bed other than sleeping. At the same time, we shouldn't be sleeping on the couch and other rooms around the house. Certainly. And if you're doing that, it's perhaps because your your bedroom isn't comfortable. Yeah. And But you do want to develop a consistency in, 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 and, as you said earlier, rituals that pertain to sleep. So you automatically get into the habit and you want to sleep. Uh, those of you out there who, who are parents and have young ones, uh, I'm sure you are very familiar with uh, the need to train your kids to sleep at a proper time and, and to follow certain rituals before they went to bed. That, that would be those story. parents who actually discipline their children. That's true. Okay. Well, I, have, I have a question. Oh, Mike has a question. What, is it because you want the sandwich? No, but uh, <laughs> put my name in the... Uh, no. I uh, I sometimes will sleep two, two and a half hours and wake up. And then two, two and a half hours and wake up. What, what's going on there? Well, uh, uh, I guess I'm trying to find out who Fred is. I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you're waking up in the middle of your sleep in that two and two and a half hour period, you know, you have to sort of... Uh, take a step back and say, well, wh- why did I wake up? Did I wake up startled? Did I wake up uh, gasping or choking? Did I wake up uh, with my body jerking? Uh, there has to be, there has to have been something that that uh, woke you from your sleep. Did your partner suddenly snore very loudly, or you know, does a train come by your house every two and a half hours? So you have to look at those factors. But uh, in in uh, the, my field and what I do with sleep apnea, that's a fairly common uh, occurrence. Uh, you know, the awakening up, awakening at about two two and a half hours. By then, you may be getting into one of those stages of REM, and you're waking up in the middle of it because your airway is collapsing, and, and you're trying to breathe, and uh, your brain is, is awakened and stimulated. And that's what's uh, basically sleep apnea is an internal disturbance in your ability to regulate and control your breathing, so much so that your defense mechanisms are, are activated to try and correct your breathing. And in the process, your brain is basically awakened. And we see this on the EEG. You have what we call an arousal a change in the brain matter activity, and sometimes people will actually awaken altogether. Other principles of uh, sleep hygiene, we talked about avoiding stimulants at bedtime. Also, it's not good to use alcohol as a way of getting to sleep. That's true, and, and commonly people do self-medicate with alcohol. But the, the remarkable thing about alcohol, it does have that initial uh, sedating effect that allows you to fall asleep, but it actually disrupts your sleep architecture. And it causes a, a breakdown in, in stage three sleep and, and stage four sleep acquisition. So people will actually, if you drank near bedtime, invariably people are awakening uh, several hours later because the alcohol is metabolized and now they're awake. And uh, over time, they've shown that patients who drink regularly or alcoholics, these people have a uh, uh, very uh, disturbed sleep architecture if you actually study their brain waves when they sleep. And when uh, they're trying to restore normal sleep, if they go to sleep without alcohol uh, and uh, do this for a while, they'll still maintain some disruption in their sleep architecture. So after they stop the alcohol, the studies have shown that perhaps almost for a year, there's still a disturbance in the sleep architecture until it finally normalizes. Speaking of things that help people to sleep, a lot of people will use uh, sleep aids or medications to make sleep occur. What happens when they regularly use a sleep aid like that to make themselves sleep well you, you you can develop a you know uh, a physical habituation or and as well as a psychological dependency on the medication but if you are requiring something to help you fall asleep uh, you have to consider speaking to your your health care provider your physician 
to investigate why am I having difficulty falling asleep? What is preventing me from sleeping in a timely fashion? And again, that might hark back to your sleep habits, things you're doing prior to sleep. Instead of just throwing a pill at it. Yes. I mean, you're trying to take care of a symptom, but you need to find out what the cause is. Okay. And we'll take one caller here before our next break. Becky? Yeah. I, I, uh, let me take you off speak um, I always read a few minutes before I, I sleep um, because I always think it helps me to sleep. Um, unless it's a really good book, um, I can usually fall asleep within 10 minutes um, because my eyes become really, really tired. Is that okay to do? Well, as long as it's not uh, causing you any problems, obviously, you're sleeping within a few minutes of starting your, your reading. That's okay. It's when you might be finding yourself, you know, reading chapter after chapter, or maybe a John Clancy novel, and you can't put it down, and you're awake after you put it down. <laughs> right. I, well, sometimes that does happen. So. I, I have a question for, for Becky. Um, uh-huh. I do the same thing. I read, but um, I, I end up with the book on my face. You know, I, I wake up a little while later, and I've fallen asleep with the book. Does that ever happen to you? Well, you know what? I, I, when I start feeling tired, I... Um, I'll just close it and kind of hold it there. And so sometimes I'll wake up with it, like, you know, in my arms or on the floor. But, you know, See, but so that's, it works. that's funny. And I assume you're also reading that book under fairly dim light. You're just having a little book light to help read with. You're not having the, all the yeah, lights on. Yeah, so that's not too good for my eyes, right? But, well, no, but, but you certainly don't want the bright light exposure. You don't right. want a brightly lit room while you're reading in your bedroom because you probably, you know, may have difficulty getting sleep onset when you want it. Yeah, it's a low light. Yeah, that's good. Well, we've got to take a break now. Stick around, Becky. We'll uh, have the drawing for the uh, the food giveaway. And uh, Oh, yeah. Where are you calling from, Becky? Auburn. Auburn. Okay. Outstanding. So you'll be able to use this. Uh, our phone numbers are 885-3565 or 1-800-5244 if you want to join in the conversation and have a shot at uh, lunch. But uh, right now we're going to break. This is Dr. Mark Vaughn. I wanted to let you know a little bit about our practice at the Auburn Medical Group. The physician, nurses, and front desk personnel all approach the patient, asking themselves the question, how would I want to be treated if I was in the patient's shoes? Listen to what one of our patients has to say about her experience at the Auburn Medical Group. My name is Susie Brown. I just want to sincerely thank that group of people for being there for me in some emergency situations. They are very efficient. Their staff, including their receptionist even when you call her she's got uh, sympathy and compassion for you and when you're ill that's what you need the nurses the nurse staff is wonderful and dr vaughn listens to everything you say and they just get on things they do not let anything lag if you need a doctor call us at 886-8630 or look at our website at auburnmedicalgroup.com hello this is attorney max beeman I specialize in frivolous lawsuits, and I've never lost a case. You heard me right. I've never lost a case, and I've done hundreds. No case too frivolous. Was your coffee too hot? Was your soup too cold? Did the traffic signals make you miss an important appointment? I get big awards for my clients in cases just like these. In these tough economic times, you can't afford not to sue. Winning a lawsuit can change your life, and I can make that happen. Call me, Max Beeman, 916-384-0237. 916-384-0237. Now, back. Medically Speaking with Dr. Mark Vaughn and Larry Finney. We are back on Medically Speaking Radio, speaking about sleep medicine with Dr. Jose Miranda. When we left off, we were speaking about sleep hygiene, principles of uh, having good sleep and wake habits so that your sleep is improved and that you have optimum sleep. 
Uh, we also have availability for people to call in with questions so that you have a chance to win lunch at A-Town Deli or at uh, Beach Hut Deli. We're giving away both of those this, this week. At the end of the show, we'll have the drawing. And to uh, have your name put in the hat, we actually, uh, even if we just get one more caller, you automatically get one of them, it looks like. So the number is 885-3565. Uh, I'm sure as the show goes on and people get hungrier as it gets closer to lunchtime, we'll get more callers. Well, it's kind of like eBay. It, it, the, the, the snipers wait till the very second, and then they, then they come bouncing. Anyway, it's 885-3565 or 1-800-5244. And that's for the people outside of the area. So far, all the people are in Auburn, which kind of works since these are actually in Auburn. But uh, if you drive through Auburn during the week, you may want to get one of these. So we now have a call from Arlene. Arlene, what's your question? I don't have a question. You just said you needed one more caller. <laughs> no. that, that'll work. Arlene, Smart move, Arlene. I'm here. Where Hold are you up. calling from? Auburn. Uh, I'm going to make Arlene answer a question. How many different kinds of sleep disorders are there? Oh. Yeah. We, we, we said that earlier in the show. Uh, um, how many I, keys are on a piano? It's the wow. same number. Okay. That's okay. we'll, we'll, we'll enter you, Arlene. You're, you're good to go. It's 88. Don't make it work too hard. If you're, if you're on Jeopardy and they oh, ask oh, you that. Oh, she got it. What? She said 88? Yeah, 88. there you go. Yeah, there you go. Oh, okay. Do you have a piano? Did you just count, actually count those yeah, keys? She just or? counted them. Yeah. She, she counted that. That was a fast count. <laughs> Thanks for calling, Arlene. We're, okay, your, your name is in. If you, are, if you do hear your name at the end of the show, uh, just come by the studio sometime during the week during normal business hours, and they'll, they'll give you your prize. Uh, do you know where Thank the studio is? Really enjoy your show. It's very, very good. Thanks. Do you know where the studio is, by the way? Yes, I do. Okay, very good. Okay. 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 So uh, we'll have Dr. Miranda answer her question on sleep hygiene. Oh, <laughs> it's, Wait, silent. It's, it's, a, it's a hypothetical question. Okay, okay. I think what Arlene meant to ask was, um, what would happen if I drank decaffeinated tea during, uh, or, or, or any of these these herbal sleepy. teas that, well, yeah, 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 sleepy time teas that claim that they will uh, help you get to sleep. They call them bedtime teas or so forth. Is that do you, is that any good or? Uh, well, you know, I, I, there's a lot of uh, pseudo. Uh, pseudoscience out there about what will help you sleep. But, you know, we commonly hear about melatonin as a component that helps you sleep. But basically, uh, certainly non-caffeinated beverages should not uh, uh, keep you from uh, from sleeping. But bear in mind, if you're drinking a lot of uh, these beverages before before bedtime, uh, don't be surprised if you have to get up a couple hours later and have to go to the toilet. So that that itself could be disruptive to your sleep. Yeah. How about melatonin? Is that – that's, that's a, a – an over-the-counter um, substance that can be bought at your local health food stores. It's a it's a dietary supplement, and as they always put the little fine print on it that says, you know, we we don't claim to cure any diseases, but uh, we're basically subtly telling you this will help you sleep. Sure, and, and, and melatonin is actually intrinsically made by your body. It's made in your brain. It's a neurochemical, and it's one of the uh, uh, components that uh, help regulate your sleep cycle. Light is the most uh, uh, significant and powerful. Uh, uh, stimulus that regulates your your sleep schedule, but melatonin uh, has uh, effects uh, at least initially of being a bit sedating. But depending on when you take it and the timing of it, it helps you sleep uh, either earlier or later than your desired time. But, but primarily, it, it helps advance uh, your sleep onset. And we do have another call. Judy, what are you calling about? Um, yes, I wanted to know what what is it about eating um, after a certain hour that sometimes interrupts your sleep? Well, uh, the eating uh, basically, if you're eating close to bedtime, you have to recognize you're going to start 
stimulating uh, insulin uh, oh. secretion, and uh, that itself uh, can can affect uh, you know your your sleep uh, cycle, and and of course uh, eating uh, in itself uh, is an activity, and some some you know if you're eating chocolate. Mm-hmm. One thing that has caffeine, so bear in mind, <laughs> chocolate does have caffeine. It can it can awaken you. Wait a minute, I'm right. a legendary dark chocolate fan, so let's not be slamming on chocolate. Here. <laughs> yeah, well, I've been trying to eat just the dark chocolate. When I'm not a big chocolate eater, but when I do, I, I try to eat the dark. But now, if if um, if I eat something like yogurt or or a piece of cheese, whatever, is is that usually something a, a better choice than? You know, if you actually have to have something before you go to bed or, or, or not long before, you know, you go to bed. Uh, well, you know, uh, in, in general, have, having a snack doesn't really affect you adversely in terms of your sleep. It depends how, how, how big of a meal you had, though. Uh, it has more of an effect on, on that on that glucose level that's going to rise and cause insulin secretion. But essentially, uh, y- you want to uh, avoid foods that have a lot of caffeine and uh, yeah. you also want to o- avoid uh, uh, an excessive amount of liquids because that'll, as I said earlier, uh, force you to have to get up and, and uh, go to the toilet. Uh, but uh, as a general rule, in terms of general health, you really don't want to be eating a lot right before you go to bed. It's it's calories you're not using. You're just going to store it, and yeah. it'll certainly lead to more weight gain overall. Oh, it, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's why I, for the most part, I, I don't eat after, let's say, 7 at absolute latest. And, My, but sometimes I, I usually eat a, a big breakfast and lunch, and dinner I make very, very small, or sometimes not at all. But when I do the not at all, <laughs> then I want something later on, and, and I try to have like a little container of yogurt, or sometimes I'll have just a little piece of cheese, some kind of a, yeah. you know, calcium or protein and Type we're we're thing. getting the signal from Mike here that we got to wrap it up and uh, oh, okay. we'll do the drawing. Well, as long as you're on the air, let's see. Well, well, I've, we've pulled our two names out. One's going to get the, uh, well, okay, the winner to the uh, lunch for two, at A Town Deli, uh, located at 780 Lincoln Way in downtown Auburn, is Judy. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, cool. So there you go. And don't eat this right before you go to bed, Judy. Don't eat right before you go to bed. <laughs> I sure won't. Thank you, guys. Thank you. That does bring us to the end of the show. Uh, who won the uh, the Beach Hut Deli? That would be Becky. Becky won the Beach Hut Deli, so Becky needs to get on down here uh, Monday and uh, pick up her Beach Hut Deli coupon. Okay. Uh, this is uh, bringing us to the end of another show. Thank you, Dr. Miranda. Thank you for thank being you. on Thank you. Thank you very much, Dr. Vaughn. to having you back. Thank uh, you, Larry, for having me. In a few weeks, hopefully. And uh, we want to thank our sponsors, of course, Sutter Auburn Faith Hospital, Sutter Auburn Hospice, and the Auburn Medical Group. We also want to let you know that there is one other thing I want to say about exercise and sleep hygiene, and that's exercise. We do need exercise, but we do need to go here. Thanks again. For now, this is Dr. Mark Vaughn, Dr. Miranda, and Larry Finney telling all of you to stay in good health.